0: Welcome to the branding blueprint podcast where we give you the tools you need to build an unforgettable brand and walk through the chaos of building a business in real time as it happens here at craftsman creative today we'll be talking about design with our trusty designer taggart or as we like to call him tag like tag you're it We're really excited for today's conversation where we dive into the more creative side of what we do for our clients every day. Talk about things like color and user experience and typography and maybe even some design trends. Looking forward to this conversation with one of my favorite people to work with, TAG. Well hey everybody, this is Sean Sitters, the CEO and founder of Craftsman. I'm here with my employee number two, And the person of many talents, Taggart Korn. Tag, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. You know, it was a really long trek from your desk, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Several, several steps. Several steps, several steps. More than you usually take, probably, Mm -hmm, on an mm -hmm. average day. You're so busy with designing for our clients, and you never get away from your desk because we just pin you down, basically. That's right. I work hard 24-7 for us. (laughs) Wow. 24-7. Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing that timesheet. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I know that this was one of the podcasts where I really wanted to bring on members of our team to talk about what you do every day and learn from you and hear the different components of what you think successful design looks like. And and then hopefully we can really connect that back to why that really matters for people. We know that branding is a both a creative and a strategic exercise. And so today, we're going to kind of lean a little heavier on the creative side. But also, I think it's really important for us to remember that design actually has a lot of strategic components to it. And we'll talk about that today. So let's kind of break it down and talk about the three subjects that we had kind of pre-identified here. The first one being color. I know that that's something that is a major part of design. So... Tell me everything I need to know about color. No, no pressure. Right.
1: Yeah. There's there's several aspects of design that you know come together when you're talking about a, a brand or a project, but color is usually one of the first ones you would tackle. Even maybe before you handle what fonts you're going to be using for your brand. Like color comes right after logos or comes during your logo creation. But I have a couple of like do's and do nots of color. I have three. I like things in threes. Yeah, threes are good. Nice. So we have. Too many colors mm. we have too much saturation mm. and we have not enough contrast so mm. talk to uh, me about
0: too too many
1: colors yeah. I feel like we see that quite a bit yes you do you, you see it a lot and to me too many colors is would be like trying to cook with every single spice in your mm. in, in your cabinet you're not going to use every single spice you have you want to maybe stick with with three colors that really kind of stick to your brand you don't want things to be cluttered you're not you're not making a full-on painting each time you create a brand. You're not making a full-on painting each time you want to have a box for your product. Maybe you want to just have two colors. Mm. And that, I think, is simple. Sending simple always wins when it comes to advertising and marketing. You don't want things to get too busy. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing you want. It kind of goes into too much saturation. So colors, you got your hue, which is going to be your blue. Mm-hmm. And then you have different saturations to where things can get really, really blue where mm. it's so bright it, it's going to blind you or there's, there's not enough saturation to where that blue is turning into gray. Mm. You want to find that fine line. And so you don't want things to be like a hyperlink where it's that, that, where you click on something and goes to your, your next website. That's, that's too blue. That's going to hurt your eyes if it's blown up, if that's your, you know, your entire home screen is this bright blue. But if you want, there's this whole rectangle in front of you and you want to square down that rectangle to the middle of those of that of that spectrum. You don't want to go too far left, too far right. You want to find that middle ground. There's still places to play around there. But it's like listening to music. You don't want to hear the bass over the guitar. You want to hear the guitar more. You want to hear the bass a little bit there. So that's how I like to think about color is like a spectrum of music. Next is not enough contrast. You want to be able to see a design go well whenever you want to put a black and white filter over it. Hmm. You post on Instagram, you put black and white, and you can still see every single color, mm. even though it's all black and white, even though they're all grays. You don't want to have a color scheme of yellow, blue, and red, and then hit the, the black and white filter, and it's, every single color is the same shade of gray. You want one to be dark. Mm. You want one to have that true gray. And you want that one a little bit more white.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, I talk to clients all the time about the importance of color, and it's kind of hard to describe everything that you do on your screen, like sometimes I'll just sit there (laughs) and be like, how in the world did he come up with that combination? I would have never chosen those particular shades or that much saturation mixed with this much contrast or whatever it might be. I think that you have really found this balance of kind of integrating almost like this like science into design, which is, I think, one of the major components as to like why people come to us so often and and talk about how much they love our design work and why you're so skilled as a, as a designer is because there's actually kind of a science to it. Would you agree with that?
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. I I think we pride ourselves on on getting stuff done fast, but it's also like a really nice thing whenever clients give us a little bit of time because we can really think about. That's your subtle way. That's of my saying, subtle way, Can like, hey, I get an extended ex- deadline, yes. please. Because <laughs> the more time we have, the more. We have a better ability to like check in yeah. those boxes of like everything here works together. Because sometimes you can you can create a really strong logo in a few weeks, but then everything that goes into your brand and the, the science behind the colors and what what makes you feel a certain way, you know, there, we can't even. It's a whole nother world of like the color yellow makes you hungry and the color blue makes you sad. And there's 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 so much science behind color. And I'm glad
0: we chose blue. Yes. That's really really reassuring. Thank you. So
1: sad. So (laughs) sad. But no, it's, there's a lot that goes behind color and it's just, it's just one of the blocks that you have to build with when Mm -hmm. it comes to building your brand.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it's really important for, for us to always take everything into account. So let's talk about this concept of UI versus Mm -hmm. UX. This is kind of like internal marketing speak, if you will, you know, for the marketers out there, you know, everybody knows what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, for your average business owner, you may have heard of those terms before and you may not have. But let's dive into the differences between those and how that can really impact whether or not a design is actually successful. Yes.
1: Yeah. UI UX is something that, you know, I heard all throughout school and I got them mixed up all the time. But UX is user experience. And that is how the product works, whether that's a pair of scissors or a website. The way that the product works, it will determine your user's experience. So you want to have a positive user experience. And so you want, whenever you click a button, it goes to the right spot, or you want the order to be correct. Mm -hmm. Whenever you scroll, everything feels smooth.
0: And so... A very practical exercise. Very practical, Mm -hmm. yes. Making sure that whenever like that it's really easy for somebody to land in the place that they want to land at the end of the day. And we talk about that a lot with StoryBrand being a really helpful tool for essentially setting up like the strategic framework and then we can kind of surround that with the creative assets on Mm -hmm. a website or in other formats too to make sure that somebody really has an easy, I think that's kind of like where the word simple comes in, Yes, right? Like that easy experience where you really just have a clear path to like getting what you need. And solving the problem. And I think that, you know, UX and and design that's associated with that makes all the difference. It
1: does. And then the visual component, less of the physical component is user interface, which is something that I handle more with whenever it comes to, you know, designing a landing page or designing a website that is the product that that you're making that delights just your eyes. It's, It's the aesthetic of the product. It's the aesthetic of the website. You know, you're really good at that. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And 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 before Craftsman, that's, that's all I did was mm-hmm. landing pages, emails. And that's, that's a bunch of UI. And then we had people in-house that handled the experience where they could handle the code. And that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. But we have great people that we work with that handle everything UX. But I like to go. And the best way I can explain this is go to two different websites. You go to AOL.com. It's going to be full of pop-ups and links and ads. And it's cluttered and the type there's there's not like a big hierarchy between your large headers and then your small copy but if you go to a website like apple where they're trying to sell their product big beautiful images simple copy short sentences five five words per sentence that you know really kind of grasp your imagination and so for me it's like if you if you go to, the, to those two websites you're going to Want to click out of AOL immediately? Cause it's it's information overload, and there's too much going on. That's where I keep all my junk email. But for
0: is that why you gave me that, that email that is, address for yes. your onboarding?
1: Yes, that is. You know, I just <laughs> just wrap it up, please. I yeah. I, I, don't, I don't need I don't need all, all that Sean spam. But <laughs> awesome, yeah, perfect. Those those two are I feel like a really good examples of, of UX UI done right together. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apple is it's it's a white website and their products are gray but it still looks really good mm-hmm. somehow so there's and the, they
0: use color in a way going back to what we talked about before right. in a way to where it really complements the product and it really emphasizes the thing like it draws my eye to a specific part of that website or a specific part of an ad or a specific part of packaging whatever it might be mm-hmm. or a, you know a point of sale display right. or whatever it, whatever it might be and so color and also hierarchy of text too right. which kind of you know is something that i think goes unnoticed a lot a lot of people say like your designs are so like simple and easy for us to really grasp like right. what and really that comes down to hierarchy and in, in typography and then also this concept of white space which kind of is our third our third topic right so talk to me about how important it is. I feel like you spend hours just kind of filtering through, you know, what's the proper amount of white space versus not, and what is the right font versus not. Walk me through your thoughts on that.
1: Right. I mean, there are an endless amount of typefaces and fonts out there, and I can spend, you know, countless hours just trying to find that, like, that right font to use for, let's say, a promotional post on Instagram or a flyer for your next. Event there's probably only 50 fonts you could really choose from that are just they work well. You have your two different categories. You have your serif, which is your Times New Roman. It's just what's probably typed inside any any book. That you font have. that has
0: a wing at the end of it. Right. Or... The
1: Ts have those little characters, and and the I's are dotted, nice and pretty. Then you have your sans serif, and just Sans is I think is some languages word for without. There's there's no serif. There's no there's no little wings. And that's going to be what you see on your Nike t-shirts. You know, it's big, blocky, really, you know, has that energy. But with when it comes to using your, your right font, which, you know, there's, like I said, an endless supply, it's using the white space is probably the most important. White space isn't, isn't wasted space. You don't want to have, just because you have an entire eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper to use doesn't mean you need to use every square inch. Mm. Let it breathe, you know, your living room briefs, your kitchen counter briefs. You don't want your kitchen counter cluttered with your forks and your knives. You, you just want your KitchenAid mixer and a toaster, and then you're good. Nice and simple.
0: You love those analogies. I love, I mean, I love those yeah. analogies too.
1: It's a podcast, you know, it's, 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 it's for your ears, but I want to, you know, help visualize it, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, everything, like design isn't just done on a computer. It's, it's what we use every day. And a lot of our decisions are made on design. You know, everything, everything uses design. It's, it's your stop signs. It's your your car. Everything is used for a reason. But yeah, so when it comes to you know choosing the right type, when it comes to your brand, it's it's kind of the the feeling you want your user to have. Mm. If if you want to you know be more upscale, then you're gonna have something maybe a little bit lighter and thin weights to your font. Or if you're like, like I brought up Nike, like you, that big, fat Blocky, yeah, Futura condensed. It's (laughs) it's I you'll be surprised like you'll be surprised you'll 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 see fonts used all the time. I got Wingstop the other day in the bag. They use they use the same font as as the Nike and some fonts just work really well when it comes when you want to have big words to really kind of you know show off your brand like you're going to want to use something else. But if you want to be subtle, maybe more elegant, you want to you know really use white space well where it's just really clean. Just like with color, you don't want to overload your client
0: with information so what is your least favorite font you've ever seen oh gosh
1: people really hate comic sans and i think that's that's unfair it's it's great wow, if you want to take if you want to teach your kids how to trace an a use comic sans least favorite man
0: we're really exposing yeah. ourselves just in case somebody actually uses mm-hmm. this a lot
1: there are so many cool fonts you see out there that you want to use in your next design and for some reason whenever you start using them it just isn't working man i wish i want to have an answer i really don't i don't like
0: papyrus
1: nuke oh yeah papyrus is is terrible it's <laughs> i'm trying to think of like that makes a, me
0: that makes me go back to like the 6 SML. 6 you know like a youth group worship like screens with all the oh man yeah. it was it was so bad back then but we've arrived in like, a new era.
1: Yeah. Papyrus would work really well for if you're trying to do a sermon series on parting the the Red Sea. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. Maybe, maybe that's what you're selling. If that's maybe what you're that's selling, what you know, that's Noah, a really strategic yeah. decision. If Noah
1: had to name his boat, like people named their boats nowadays, maybe he used Papyrus to write the art <laughs> on the nose.
0: So <laughs> oh, let's I mock that up later. Let's, I think we should. That sounds good. Cool. Well, I think that this has been a really helpful conversation. But wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. We planned a couple of thoughts around some trends in design. Yes, tell me what are some of the things that you're seeing out there, and what are what should our clients be paying attention to, or what should this audience be paying attention to?
1: Yeah, I feel like people are getting a lot braver when it comes to use of color. I know we talked about. What not to do with color, and sometimes those rules might contradict what this next trend is. And sometimes design wants to break rules, and I'm completely okay with that. But colorful palettes are coming back. I think it's this new thing of it kind of goes with this next trend is this modern nostalgia, where you know everything from the 70s to Y2K is coming back, where you want to have your your big bold lines, and you want your blues and your pinks and your yellows all to live together, and that's kind of the new trend where. I think people are getting more excited to, you know, have a bit more color when it comes to maybe their fashion or the products they use every day. Is it that they're not afraid to kind of get out of that minimal beige taupe style? I think I think candy colorful palettes are coming back.
0: I've seen that a lot recently. Yeah. I like I'm just thinking about, you know, the work that we've done together over the last couple of years. And I remember early on we felt like we just like were naturally ending up you know, with more subdued colors and with more masculine colors yes. and where I I've seen a lot more recently in the last year or so of, you know, clients pointing to examples that have these bright color palettes. Right. And they truthfully have no clue how to create an organized system around those colors. They just know what resonates. Yeah. And with them, and then I guess the exercise is not just Helping them to pare that down, but also helping them decide whether or not that's what their target consumer actually yes. needs to be communicated with, and that's always a hard conversation, right? Because it's like, oh, I I love that too, mm-hmm. but let's talk about your target consumer. And a lot of times, it actually does ladder up and line up. Yeah, but in know, in some cases, you know, it's really important to think about who are you talking to, like actually right. do some research or have us do some research or just spend some time to understand who is actually going to be consuming this beyond us in our in the inner circle of the marketing right. kind of lane.
1: Yeah, it's a hard balance of deciding, okay, what's going to resonate with our consumer and what's also going to, what can we do to differentiate from our competitor? Mm. You know, you think of something I, I think about a lot is when you think about logos for air, like airlines, think of United and you think of American and Southwest, there's a lot of blue, and there's a lot of blue planes or white planes, and then you see Spirit. You're like, well, this is different. I don't want to fly on this big yellow plane, but ah, there, there's a magic school bus. Exactly, of, of but you know, sometimes it, it's good to blend in, but also it's also it's a good thing to stand out. But of course, at the end of the day, it's like, what is the consumer going to want? Mm-hmm. Are they going to want a big pink plane or a blue plane? And just what's whatever you feel like is going to, to to do the best for your company for yourself
0: what's something else you're seeing
1: i i've been really interested i think this is a big part of color is how much thought it took for sports teams i the nfl draft just happened and it's really impressive to see you know how each like these are billion dollar companies and you can tell that they spent a lot of time when it when it has come to color and whether that's their jerseys and their helmets and their logos that they do things the right way, you know. There's a reason why the Lakers are yellow and purple. It's like those are complementary colors. They are opposites on the color wheel. Like there's a reason why those two colors worked really well together. The Seahawks are really uniquely. They have a bright, bright green in their color palette, but they also have dark blue and a gray. You know, there's there's a mix. So you don't have a a yellow team that's also lime green. You know, there's there's a reason why these teams. I'm sure they do a lot of research and they go through a lot of logos and I'm sure they, you know, exhaust a lot of resources to make these right decisions. And so, you know, seeing each logo pop up during the draft, I was like, man, like the Cardinals yellow looks really good with their red. You know, it's, it's really impressive to think about, you know, there are 32 teams and they're all, even though there could be two red teams, but the Falcons and the Cardinals look totally different.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I love how your inner NFL nerd is coming yes. out on this. I had to drop one. Go Bears. I would say go Broncos, but I feel <laughs> just utter shame. Thank you. For Two your... teams that use blue and orange, but do blue and orange, totally different. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. Great color scheme. And that's right. Well, this has been really helpful, Tag, and I think that for anybody who is thinking about how do you actually walk away from this conversation, not just feeling, you know, entertained and interested by what Tag had to share, but you know how do you actually implement it? I think it is really pretty simple. Look into focusing your color efforts. Make sure that whatever you're putting into your brand guidelines is been well thought out, that it doesn't just match what you are drawn to, but that you actually test it against the metrics that we shared today and also compare it to your target market at the end of the day compare it against your competitors and see how it actually works with your existing brand as it stands today and I guess that's when you can kind of determine is does my brand stand up mm-hmm. right you know we spend so much time in this branding lane and the reason why is because a brand seeps into everything that people do in their businesses and it can really honestly make or break an entire marketing approach that's why it's the, like on the foundational level of a marketing campaign and that's why our blueprint starts with branding right well discovery and then branding Mm -hmm. discovery leads to what colors we choose that's right that's totally right that's that research that we were talking Mm -hmm. about for those of you listening we just encourage you to just test your brand against these things test your latest social posts your latest print collateral your latest update to your website and tested against the color and type and UX and UI metrics that we shared with you today. We hope that it's helpful. Tag, it's always fun to connect with you. It's such a blessing for our team to have you lead our design efforts here at Craftsman, and I'm so grateful for the last two years. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I really oh, appreciate yeah. it. You bet. Thanks, everybody, and we'll catch you with the next one. Hi, Mom.